into the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Right, okay, hello, welcome to episode 348 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. You right? what are you looking at? I'm just thinking 348 takes us to about seven years, doesn't it? Um, yeah, someone do some quick math. Maths it's, is 52. Well, there's 52, yeah, so it's, we're heading for seven years. There's Let's have a look. That'll make me feel really old. 352, plus, plus, one, two, three. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. 52. There's 52 episodes in a year, isn't there? Yeah. Plus, plus. One, 348 three, divided four, by 52. Five, six, seven. All right, so seven years will be 364. Okay. So we're getting on so for seven getting, years. All right, guys. Flipping heck, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Blinking, yeah. Nora. Yeah. We have had a bit of a bump in listenership recently. We've kind of doubled our audience in the last... Which is good. Nine months or so. Yep. So thank you, guys, Who's yeah. whoever you are out Hi there. Hi, everybody. Uh, we don't get that many emails from listeners, though, kind of saying, well... Do I get, this, I get quite a bit of verbal feedback from, oh, yeah, yeah. from the local community and also people in the Middle East that listen to this as well. Yeah. There are quite a few. I need to check the yeah. stats to see if it is yeah. from the, your Qataris. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are quite a few out there and that do. Your new fan base. Uh, do anyway, yeah. In, yeah. Thanks for listening. And yeah, yeah. Live, as ever, live in the present.co.uk is where you can find all the links, show notes, and resources that are available. Um, so do head over there and get in touch. Yep. If there's anything you'd like us to talk about yep. We're talking about anxiety this week Because Sean had come across a blog post Or an article that he thought was interesting And it piqued his imagination Yeah. Um, but yeah How are you? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm on the big clear out oh. um, Which is not a physical event It's um, uh, Me sorting out And kind of decluttering And trying to get things sorted out So I've started off with different areas Of the house that I'm working on Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just done the wardrobes. You've got to skip out front, or is it that serious? Or No, no, I'm taking stuff down to things like Thompson Mission, like loads of clothes and stuff like that, and cosmetics that haven't been used. Because mm-hmm. um, Thompson's Mission looks after all the homeless and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm just starting on... I, I've done a lot of the office... Uh, and I'm starting on the attic, which is the bits under the eaves, which is like, wow, there's so much stuff under there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good so, of you to do it now, right? Usually people wait till they die and then their family has to <laughs> yeah. clear all that stuff out. So good yeah. on you. Well, hopefully you've got a bit of life left in the year, eh? Yeah, I think I've got one or two years left. <laughs> I think so. I'll survive a bit, yeah. Let's hope so. Let's pray yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, so what, what have I put on mine? Oh, I put coronavirus because... Um, <laughs> It's not affected me personally and yet, um, but it's, it's remarkably close to our doors on the world, isn't it? Yeah. Talking about anxiety, there's a kind of a major rush. <clears throat> it would be interesting to have um, done an experiment on that because when the news broke last week that all UK-based, uh, well, so far, that were coming back from China with, with the virus, yeah, yeah. or potentially, sorry. And there's some more coming out now. I was getting um, to 
being quarantined just down road from here, you know, a few miles from us. Our well, it was one of the main hospitals that I was covering up until the end of last year. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So you got out just in time, really. Would yeah, you? Yeah. So would you have been involved yeah. in the handling of all that? In, in yeah, some way? yeah, would have been involved in that. And we also... Would, we would have been doing a Skype version of this for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then there would have been the, the back version of all the staff problems that, that will come from this. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't spoken to anybody, but there'll be a lot of people with their noses out of joint. Because um, things would have been changed, but also people be... don't like change. No, they don't like like crazy viruses that can might, might yeah. be causing the end of the world. But it, it's fear, isn't it? There's a, a huge fear factor in all this. That's going to be coming out of lost. Yeah, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I take it it's pretty serious stuff. This coronavirus, or is it? Um, is it a regular kind of? Well, we've outbreak. had SARS and, Mar- and MERS, SARS and MERS, yeah. um, and they're, they're, they're particular virulent viruses that, uh, if you're compromised in other ways, can kill you. Mm-hmm. you know? um, yeah, it's vulnerable, elderly people generally. It, 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 actually, it? some of the people that have died in this lot here have been younger, 30s, 40s. Wow. You know, um, yeah, no, I don't it want to sound too flippant about on. it, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, ser- it's serious stuff, but... Yeah, should we be confident in the authorities here in the UK doing the right thing and, and around the world? Um, I think we're in finger, fingers crossed territory because we don't really know that much about things like this. I mean, we, we've managed to already decode the genome of this virus um, and they reckon that, that they can have uh, a vaccine of some sort ready in about four or five months. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just... But the problem is it will be mutating. So they've got to keep up with the mutations. Right. You know, it's clever um, stuff, in it? Yeah. I mean, scary, but... Um. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the, the people, um, certainly in this country, uh, in the main are isolated to our peninsula on the Wirral. Um, and, um, yeah, well, let's leave some Wirralites anxieties about why Wirral was chosen and why it's... I mean, is it... It's because it's those beautiful views out of the windows of where they're staying. <laughs> onto the car park. It's around the back, isn't it? Yeah, so? no, it's onto the park, yeah. Okay. Onto Barrow Park, yeah. yeah. But the penin- our peninsula is a little self-contained island in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Is that part of the reasoning? Yeah, and also we've got the, um, the Hospital of Tropical Medicine just over in Liverpool, mm-hmm. which will probably be involved in a lot of the genomic work that's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I saw the news break, you know, I was chatting with my mates in, on WhatsApp, or, you know, conspiracy theories and laughing our heads off about, you know, because I've got, you know, everyone in the world, it seems, works at Arrow Park Hospital or (laughs) for the NHS. someone that they know. Yeah, so, you know, I've got mates who confirmed that the email that had leaked was correct and they'd had the email as well, blah, 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 blah. blah. So, um, interesting, bit of excitement for the world, I'd say. Not the kind I would have hoped for, but... (laughs) Makes us famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to... Anxiety in general, because you've gone. You run us through this article. But no, you, it, it, it's, it's an article that's about a book, which looks like a lot of fun. By a psychotherapist, and we uh, haven't got his name actually to hand. Did I write it higher up the list? Um, I can just put him up here. The um, uh, the guy who, uh, who we're talking about has written a lovely book, um, which is um, about the forethought that f up your life. Is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a hand, oh, it's a nice. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the title and thinking that's a snappy one. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, um, and and they're, they're all very real, plausible things. And and the the book is quite good in the way that it um, it takes you through them and gets you to look at them all. 
which is good. Yep. Um, but the um, the biggest things are um, what is it that we can do to moderate each of these four things that he describes, which are all to me are quite plausible. I'm dealing with them all the time. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come on to those four because yeah. they are a different way of looking at things, really. But first of all, in terms of anxiety, something that we all I'm experiencing a little bit right now. Not because of coronavirus, but because of a deadline I've got on a, a web project, and I know I need to. Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't be wasting time with you, Sean, talking about blood anxiety. <laughs> I've actually, I'm actually suffering with it right now. But everyone does, to varying extremes, mm. experience a bit of anxiety. Hey? Yeah, and anxiety is a good thing. People never like to hear that, but um, anxiety is the energy that gets you out of the bed to go and do stuff. You know, we need to earn a living. We need to look after people. We need to do stuff. And that's actually anxiety in its normal form. Keeps you safe, keeps you going, keeps you activated. Yeah. It's when it overloads that it becomes a disorder and becomes a problem. Yeah, and there's a point where professional help should be sought. But we'll come on to, you know, when and why that m- that might be. The, the, the point about this book and the point about what he's saying is that there are these, there are four fundamental things that we do that trap us in anxiety circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's why it's, it's an interesting book because that idea about we are the author of our own experience yep. yeah, and getting our head around that now lots of people don't want to own that because they want someone else to be responsible for how they're feeling yeah, but the bottom line reality is that, that each of us it's not what happens to us it's how we respond to it that is important Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the bit that we we need to focus on. Yeah. These, so the first one is the point is dogmatic demands. So that's holding on to rigid beliefs. For example, that everyone, including our co-worker Jessica, needs to like us. Well, I I think I take it one step further than that in terms of dogmatic demands because certainly in the Middle East where I've been working, there were over ninety different nationalities in the hospital all of which had dogmatic beliefs and demands about their own way of being. Yep. Yeah? That they were trying to enforce on everybody else is where, where some of the conflict comes from. Um, but as soon as you, you get into any dogmatic belief, whether it's religious, whether it's political, whether it's social, as soon as you do that, you've limited yourself completely and uh, you've limited everybody else around you too because mm-hmm. once you become dogmatic with a set of beliefs anybody that's outside of your set of beliefs is them and not us yep. so we start to get into that division stuff which in itself creates anxiety because mm-hmm. then we can now fear them because they're outside of our dogmatic circle there's a little yeah. bit of that going on in the world at the moment I mean there always has been I guess but uh... yeah well we, we had a, d- these kind of examples yesterday we had Trumpy doing his State of the Nation speech yeah. Yeah, to a house that's split down the middle and you've got uh, is it Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. Is, yeah? Um, so she's actually ripping up his speech in front behind, of him. Oh yeah, behind yeah. his back. I just saw yeah. that yeah. clip this morning. Is I've, it behind his back? Not in front just of him, behind yeah. him to the left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, because it's two sets of dogmatic beliefs. You know, both of us uh, are sat either side of this house in, in the belief that we are right and they are wrong. Yeah. And that's the big deal. That's what, what really starts to create the negativity. Uh, or we could look at the dogmatic beliefs between are we going to remain in Europe, are we going to leave Europe? Well, it's, just, it's done, yeah. a done deal now, isn't it? But uh, 
what is the answer to something like that when you've got I mean is the only way with a political issue like that to have those arguments and the fight or are there any systems around the world where people come together in different ways virtually no other than people are forced together by common interests usually yeah. a common enemy mm-hmm. um, but for me uh, the key is tolerance if you're going to uh, be tolerant of other people and allow other people to have their own beliefs then you can create some sanity who was it who said um, I may disagree with what you say but I would defend to my death your right to say was it Benjamin Franklin yes one of the American dudes wasn't it yeah and, I, and that's right isn't it it's like I may not agree with your point of view but as long as you don't scare the horses or kill people then that's fine yeah you know, get on with it mm. Um, why, why should I need you to think like I do? Because there are lots of therapists that I know, lots of psychologists, who work on the basis when they're working with somebody that when you think the same way that I do as a therapist, you're cured. Mm-hmm. You know, which to me has to be a nonsense at the outset. But I know yeah. see people that do it quite a lot. Right. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? Mm. What's the second one here then? Doing a drama. What's that? Catastrophizing. And blowing a situation out of proportion. Again, it mentions Jessica, so I'm not sure who Jessica is, but Good old Jessica. thinking that because Jessica dislikes us or the whole world, the whole world does. Yeah. But can you imagine the amount of people um, that, when they heard the news, that these coachloads of people that didn't have the coronavirus but were being isolated in case they developed? Yeah. Yeah. How many people went into, oh, my God, you know, that we're all, what are they doing to us? Yeah, well, I was you looking know? at, you know, and again, never check the comments to, or take them too seriously, but, yeah. Because like, we're a, all going to die. There was a, dram- a huge amount of, like, yeah, lack of empathy uh, yeah. underneath in the comments. Uh, yeah, because for, for a start, yeah, we, it's very unlikely that anyone on that those buses had hmm. the virus anyway. And even if they did, you know, think, put yourselves in their, sho- their shoes. And yeah. I have actually started to see in the last couple of days some more positive stories coming out of people from the community that have been donating you know food and you know things just so that their yeah. stay can be a little bit more enjoy- enjoyable yeah um, which is a bit more positive isn't it yeah but do we just have that instinctive kind of reaction to become anxious and to throw up the barriers but, the, but we're back to the us and them stuff because they're not one of us are they they're coming into our space so that becomes the kind of dogmatic territorial stuff but it's like, how can we make a drama out of this? And the amount of people, the, the, the way it's situated is that these people have been put in a, an accommodation block which is separate from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So it, it is isolated in a real sense. But the amount of people that have said, well, I've got a, an appointment booked in an Arab Park hospital, I'm not going because they're now catastrophizing the fact that everybody's going to die once they go near Arrow Park Hospital. Yeah. I wonder how many people are avoiding the road and won't drive past Oh, it. yeah, no. No, I should have done some traffic counts and what have you. But uh, I've got a mate who uh, I was speaking to the other night, and his, uh, his wife, uh, she needed to go to the walking centre at Arrow Park um, for an issue with her ankle or something like that. Nothing, mm. nothing major, but uh, anyway, she went expecting, because that kind of non-serious issue usually you're in for a long wait yeah yeah she was in and out within 20 minutes <laughs> well I, I bet there's I, the amount of people that won't go to their appointments or cancel their appointments over the next few weeks will be huge yeah which obviously you know yeah. if you go in and you, you, you should be going that's cool but you you do wonder sometimes the amount of unnecessary trips to I know certainly as like a parent of young children 
the amount of stories we have. We're quite good at, you know, not bothering, taking our kids, you know, just assuming they'll be all right in the morning. Mm. But the amount of parents that are quite anxious about the yeah. tiniest little thing that their kid might yeah. pick up, and they yeah. rush them off to hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just get them sleep on it, guys, maybe, yeah. you know. But, but once people get into that catastrophizing mindset, if you've got someone that has panic attacks and has, has had problems, they get to the point where they can get a twitch in their little toe and they can build it by catastrophizing, oh, my God, that means, oh, my leg's going to drop off, oh, then, you know, and then you build it up into a complete panic attack and hypochondria and yeah. all kinds of stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. Because it's a c- catastrophizing way of looking at the world. And we, we do have a bit of that, you know, 24-hour news cycle and TV channels dedicated, and they're just waiting for that next bit of breaking news. So we've got, we're in a situation now in the media where we're kind of waiting for that next bit of news. You know, something's probably happened since we've been together over the last hour that yeah. we missed out on you know what we're missing out on what's what's going wrong what do i need to be anxious about yeah maybe we all just like settle down a bit and deleted bbc breaking news from our phones mm. and watches yeah the world might be a little one bit things less about, anxious uh, one thing's about this watch and uh, this apple watch which the family brought me is, is it's really useful it is useful in so many ways but it's very intrusive mm. and because it keeps does yours do news flashes I do have the BBC breaking news now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is that relentless kind of like your arm buzzes and then you look down and it says, you know, Fred Bloggs has just broken his legs and whatever, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's all that kind was, of stuff. It was like, there was a few weeks where I didn't get any BBC breaking news things and I started to wonder if the app was broken or there was a link between mm-hmm. my phone that had gone. But anyway, yeah. I got one the other day because someone died. I can't remember. Um, but I, yeah, I have, I have switched off. And this is maybe moving us on to which we talked a bit about last week. I can't even remember what the, the issue, the topic was, but, yeah, technology being quite intrusive and feeding yeah, yeah. feeding our anxieties. So yeah. I've, I don't get much um, buzzing on my wrist anymore now, aside from appointment reminders. Mm. I get BBC breaking news, which I need to switch off. Mm. Um, there's one, actually, for school. There's, this, there's an app which parents have now called Parent Mail, so schools can send out a message instead of letters each night. Which you know, relating to clubs that are coming up, or you know, right. issues at school, and yeah. it bu- buzzes on your phone, on the app, yeah. and, on, and on my wrist. I need to switch that one off. Cause All right. A couple of times a day. So it's the idea that saves paper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it just means you get bucket loads of emails instead. Yeah. But there you go. Which yeah. does have a carbon cost. I was on a course last yeah. week. Oh, well, there you go. The independent. What's going on? It says, Foreign Office staff have been banned from saying no-deal Brexit, despite the threat of the UK not securing a trade agreement with the EU. Oh, right, OK. That's very Trumpian, isn't it? But then, yeah, and there was a a worrying thing for me the other day when a whole load of journalists turned up at number 10 for a briefing. Oh, yeah. And they were separated into into two groups, Mm. of the favourable and the unfavourable, and then half of them were told to go away because they weren't going to be allowed in. And thankfully, all of the journalists said, well, if they're not going in, we're yeah, not yeah. going in. I mean, that's positive, but, yeah, it's wor- a bit worrying, that stuff, you know. But that, that that's, to me, is, is fascism. That's where we start to develop yeah. all those Yeah, well, I've been watching... Traits. I've, I've yeah. seen a f- two or three films recently, kind of World War Two stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching The Pianist, which is a classic. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One, and what else? There's the one on Netflix with Ben Kingsley, plays one of the... Head Nazi dudes that organised the concentration camps, and he, yeah, was, right. he was eventually found and tried in, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a court 
Uh, I can't remember his name. Mm. Einrich, someone. Anyway, Altman, I think it was. Right. Anyway, just fucking horrendous, man. My word, mm. it's really mm. hard. You have to remind yourself that these things actually happen. Mm. And the steps that led up to the, that point, you know. And I, I think that things like Schindler's List should be uh, required viewing. That you know, kids should all observe this stuff. Well, I know. My, Will, my eldest, is what eight. You know, he's getting to that age where he's starting to ask questions about the world, and he might see little things here and there about things from our collective history that you know we yeah. all need to take a bit of responsibility for. Yeah, you yeah. Know, personally, we yeah. weren't involved in all that stuff, but people like us. Yep. Good people went along with all this stuff, right? And there's nothing they to say. Allowed that, it to happen. There's nothing to say that you and I wouldn't have been and done exactly mm. the same thing and just gone along with it yeah. for whatever reason. So, yeah, yeah, careful. Mm. That might make you a bit anxious, but yeah, how do you turn that anxiety that we might be feeling into something positive? Um, or do well, we need that anxiety? One of the things is that both are this kind of um, the catastrophizing and anxiety generally is an emotional issue. And it's one of the few times when I say you need to turn to your cognition because your cognition can moderate the emotion. Yeah, it's like looking at it logically. I mean, it, it, when everybody gets catastrophized about the fact that we've got the coronavirus has come to the world and we're all going to die, when you stop and you actually look at the fact that those people actually haven't got the coronavirus, they're actually in an isolated situation, you can go to Arab Park Hospital, it's not scary, you know what I mean? When you, the cognition can come in and save the day, then. Yeah. You have to be logical about some things. Yeah. You know, really. Mm. The, well, the third point is the I can't copes, telling ourselves we can't cope or deal with something, saying we'll never be able to deal with work again if Jessica's there. Again, this poor Jessica. <laughs> poor old Jessica. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> thing, kind of giving up on a, losing hope altogether. But that's thoughts become things. That's what we, we would oh, yeah. say, isn't it? Yeah, where as soon as you say, oh, I can't do that, well, you're right. Yeah, I can't cope. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and if you start to buy into that in yourself, then you're stuffed. There's no way that you can overcome that. Right. Because that whole kind of thought and feeling process would just blanket everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a time when you need to stop. That's mindfulness then. You need to stop and mindfully look at and observe what it is that you're doing and mm -hmm. what's going on. Yep. And then and be able to observe it but not actually get in with it. Yeah, observe it, let it go. Don't actually feed it. So how do we start to practice that then? It's evil. called meditation. It's your favourite uh, thing, isn't I've it? I've heard of that, yeah, meditation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which you practice a couple of times a day still, hey? Um, or are you meditating right now? Uh, I'm always meditating. I'm in a state of continual meditation. Um, no, I, I would do formal practice at least once a day. Mm. Yeah. Which would be any, any time from 15 minutes to an hour, depending on the time that I've got yeah. available. Uh, and my ideal is that I do an hour every day. Okay. Um, yeah. um, um, I was re I'm reading Lord of the Rings, uh, book two. Well, actually... It's well, it's, it's the two towers. Yeah, well, well, there book. were three books in there. Well, there are. Book. It's weird if you read it, because there's actually yeah. six books, but there's three actual physical books. So there's All right. books one and two are in Fellowship, books three and four are the two towers, mm -hmm. which is what we, we, me and Will are reading at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, there's loads more detail, obviously, than the movies, which are yeah, yeah. the movies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, Legolas, elf, um, like archer extraordinaire, um, that they're, they're at that bit where they're chasing after the Urukai, trying to catch yeah, up yeah. with Merry and Pippin yep. on the trail, and like yep. failing miserably because these 
orcs don't mm. sleep, they just crack on through mm. the night. Uh, but it turns out that Legolas doesn't need sleep, or mm. he can rather, he sleeps as he's running. So, like, Gimli mm. and Aragorn need to eventually need to stop and rest. Mm. Uh, but it turns out that Legolas mm. sleeps on the move, so as he's mm. running, he's kind of eyes open asleep. But it's that mm. weird thing about how, why do we actually sleep? You know, it's not because you know, me and you are sitting down now, resting our limbs and our muscles, aren't we? But no, we still no, need we're to not. sleep. No, we're not resting. We're actually in motion. We're keeping ourselves upright. We're okay, not. there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. But the act of sleep is actually just shutting yeah. the system down completely, yeah. isn't it? Which Legolas can do while he's while he's actually running. Imagine that. Yeah. And he doesn't leave any mark on the, across the grass or the mud. He's that lightweight, and you know, he can walk on the top of snow and all that stuff. He's flying. He leaves no trace. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just like looking in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, imagine you could rest and be restful whilst you're awake and alert. And that yeah, but you, that's but meditation, you can. right? Yeah, you can. Um, lots of people meditate with their eyes open. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be closed. You kind of defuse your focus. But you close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer to close my and eyes. you don't fall asleep? No. <laughs> How do you keep mm-hmm. track of time then? Um, I used to use my watch. <laughs> you wait for the... What happens yeah. if a breaking news comes in? Well, I, I, will use, I use the phone, and I'll put a gong on the phone. Right. Like a, a Tibetan gong, so yeah. that um, it'll gong at the right moment to wake me up again. <laughs> be, be like Legolas, is, what, is my advice. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I just... Freud and stuff, I just said, wake me up again. I don't go to sleep when I'm meditating. Yeah, well, it's a, yeah. Technically, it's some weird form of sleep. I guess you could yeah, yeah. describe it. Yeah, brings you back around. Yeah. What's the fourth point then on this list? This chapter book of it, it's it's the the put downs. We're either putting down ourselves or we're hearing put downs in other people. Yeah, and that's the issue for me. Of just because somebody says something, it doesn't mean that it's true. Right? But that also means because I say something doesn't mean that it's true. And it's realised that. You know, someone comes in here and says, Sean, I hate you. Yeah, you should die. Right now, I've got a series of choices. I, I can either react and go, What do you mean? I can defend myself and go, 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 go. Or I can think, Actually, if I look at myself, that's not myself, that's yours. You know, give it back. I don't, don't need that. Now, yeah. Very often in, in that kind of um, the put downs, other people will say things to us, no, you're useless, you're this, you're that, you know, you're old, you're fat, you're, you know, whatever. Um, and the thing is that you've got a choice. Do you actually take that on board or not? Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, you don't actually have to. You don't, yeah, yeah, you can you know. control of it. That, again, that's another one that's easier said than done. Um, so how do people start to practice that and, and learn to I, I think that what, what, you, what you have to do is when someone says something to you, you have to look at it and think, what is it that this is about? Is this about me or is this about them? Yeah? Yep. No. Um, and it's always fascinating to me when someone tells me something derogatory about mm. me and I think, that's interesting, where does that come from? I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I'm kind of okay. Yeah. You know, and if, if someone sees me in a negative way, very often it's their stuff, it's not mine. Mm. If it is mine, I need to deal with it, that's okay. Yeah, but most most cases I need to just allow it to be and just give it back. Yeah, I've got quite good at that. And again, I'll come back to my old cycling thing because I, mm. I used to get really angry with drivers that wouldn't give me enough space or did particularly horrendous things on the road that put my life in like serious danger and still do. Mm. So I used to, there was a point when I was getting really angry about it. And, you know, 
make a visual uh, gesture with my hands perhaps as they were mm. bombing off down the road or I'd even scream shout at them never mm. really got into an argument at the light or anything like that mm. but um, I'm now quite good at just letting it wash over and mm-hmm. if you watch my videos of when I get past too closely which is quite a few each week uh, I don't I don't scream and shout and swear anymore I just let it happen and then obviously I do report it to the police which is part of my ongoing campaign stuff but so do you, does that mean you send several videos to the police every week yeah four or five a week usually and do they actually go and visit those people they get a letter if it's no. been their first offence or if it's just just a close pass mm. they'll get an advice letter with a picture of the pass mm. and a picture of how they should do it next time mm. so that's right. some work I've been doing with so them so is it you should leave a metre when you go round somebody it's a metre and a half it's a subjective because it depends yeah. on speed you know it depends yeah. Um, but yeah ideally you should move right across the other lane I can always tell when I've been when I'm passed by someone else that rides a bike and drives. Yeah, they move right across to the lane, mm. and sail around, and that, you know they let the foot off the gas a little bit so they're not making too much noise, and then they carry on along that way. I can always tell when it's a, another cyclist. <laughs> Where I live, there's um, uh, girls early in the morning, girls and young women who take horses. They're actually walking the horses, and I don't, I don't quite understand what that's about, but they got flashing lights on them because it's dark. Mm. And I always slow right down if I'm in the car and go right the way round them, give them plenty of space, and they always wave and yeah. go, thank you. Oh, yeah, I've had a chat um, with quite a few horse riders about their it's very similar experiences, and mm. but quite often they're moving a lot slower than I am even. Mm. And, yeah, the, some of the moves that get put on them by drivers that yeah. don't appreciate, uh, it's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. But people yeah. are in a rush. And I, a part of my anxiety in letting it wash over is that I try and put myself in their driver's shoe mm-hmm. as well. You know, they might be off to an appointment in mm-hmm. a hospital, or they've got all sorts yeah, yeah. going on in their world as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I try not to judge too harshly. But I find that with the, the horse, uh, the horses in the morning, if I'm running, I will still slow down and give them a wide berth because yeah. I don't want to scare the horses. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. I know. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we'll, we'll we'll bring things to a bit of a close here. There's, there's some articles we're going to link to in the show notes there's yeah. all sorts of different types of anxieties that I've listed here in terms of panic disorder, phobias um, obsessive compulsive um, separation anxiety which you know we could do a separate on any podcast of these, on all these yeah. couldn't we, in fact yeah. maybe we will we'll do a whole series on anxiety uh, that hypochondria one is, mm. is ideal with that so often I'm thinking we could do a series yeah. on this stuff because anxiety is at the root of a lot of yeah, work, yeah. The, work, the stuff we talk about is anxiety it? and depression, the two sides of the coin. Yeah, we mm. should we should uh, we should do that in the mm. coming weeks. What do you what do you say? Sounds like a good idea to me because they're they're in quite a concise order. Though, yeah, so. and there's an NHS mm. link as well, which takes you to the process of how you can deal with it in terms of you know learning to react, relax through meditation, perhaps avoiding mm-hmm. caffeine and drinking and smoking, which can all boost your <laughs> anxiety yeah. levels. And then obviously at some point it might be. You need to call someone like Sean or get some help from counselling yeah. or what have you. Well, I did the uh, dry January, um, and I started before January, and I'm on day 37, 38 Ooh, nice. at the moment. I've, uh, I've been completely clean. You feeling good? Feeling healthy? Um, I feel fine. I don't actually feel much different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have lost weight. I've gone, I've lost, well, I lost, I've lost 10 pounds so far. Okay. Uh, That's nearly stone, man. Well, over, over the month. Over, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, what's your resource of the week, then? 
Um, I've got this, uh, it, it's called M-I-C, Mick, Mike. Dot com, Mike.com. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it lists eight anxiety apps and games that you can use on your phone that are, are said to help with um, anxiety, help yeah. you relax, help you calm down. And, and I think that very often, if you have got an anxiety disorder, being able to divert your mind is, is very good. If you stop feeding it... Well, we talked last yeah. week, it was procrastination, wasn't it? And the, the yeah. positive side, side, sides of procrastination. Yeah, being able to just stop. And switch off. Yeah. 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 And and there aren't that many people at the moment that can do that because we've all got to be doing something. Everyone's busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'll be checking my emails in a bit. Um, mine's a movie which I just saw yesterday, actually. Uh, it's called Uncut Gems and it's on Netflix, so it's kind of a, a movie for grown ups. But it's weirdly, the whole movie has this building sense of anxiety. So it focuses on this chap played by Adam Sandler, who's a. Uh, he's kind of a, a bit of a geezer around New York, and he's, he's yeah, I think he's a jeweler, but he sells all sorts of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's got debts racking up, and mm-hmm. people chasing him for money, and he's doing deals here, there, and everywhere. And he's got this big rock that he's imported from uh, Africa that he's trying to sell for, it, and everything goes wrong for him. But it's just got this building sense of anxiety at the home, <laughs> so it's it's quite hard in, in some cases watching it because you can feel your own sense. Growing. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but that's one thing, isn't it, about watching a movie, is once you start to get sucked into it, yeah. you can have all those experiences of emotion mm. that, that belong on the screen, but we've yeah. now bought them. It's got gambling stuff going on, and there's quite an interesting release of all that energy at the end. I won't give it away, but it was a really cool movie, actually. So uh, it's high on anxiety. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Okay. All right, we're going to do crack on with all these anxiety yeah, yeah, no, orders in the coming weeks, because I think yeah. we should... Get we'll some really that. good stuff done. Yep. We'll do emails in the meantime about anything else we could help with. Yep. Uh, and yeah, check the website out. We'll catch you next week. You take care. See you, Sean. See ya. Bye. Bye.